All right, what's up, Nubians? Welcome to Tech Nubians, part of the Geekish Network. This is your weekly deep dive into video games steeped in blackness, but you knew that already. So with me today, I have Shanae. Hey, folks. And I got Travis. Y- y'all gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> we always do, man. We always do. Yeah, but there's more of me today, so y'all don't have to deal with it. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's just, there's just the three of us here today, so, I mean, you might be in trouble today, Travis. Mm-hmm. I'm outnumbered, finally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, finally. Finally. Oh, uh, yeah, we can just, yeah, we just call for. it. We've reached the mountaintop. <laughs> we can just call it. We can just call it. So, as you folks know, I am Cherie. I'm your host. And for those of you who don't know, Tech Nubians is your weekly video game live stream and podcast hosted by Black Technology Professionals, where we discuss the what, when, and how you can get into this world of technology, specifically video games. And we are here, of course, to inspire, sustain, and nurture successful creative technologists in their pursuit of Black excellence and content development. Mm. Y'all, know the, y'all know the drill by now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, speaking of knowing the drill, you know, we usually kick things off with the news and then we have our long topic. So I just want to mention today's long topic. We're going to do a reprise of what we discussed last week was around the mobile industry. So we're going to have a part two. And I have I've I have a. Given the subtitle to this part two of whales, space whales, and minnows. So stick around to find out what the heck that means. Um, <laughs> also, everyone on the call probably is like, what the heck does that mean? We will all have, like, everyone will learn what it means at the same time. <laughs> we all got theories, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, before we get into that, let us let us kick things off with our normal tech and gaming news. So, as, as I like to call our tech newsians. So... Travis, you've got a story for us. Why don't you kick this off for us? Okay, so one of my favorite games, bar none. You know, I'll go even so far as to say one of my favorite games, period, actually. Um, Ghost of Tsushima um, is getting a multiplayer mode, uh, uh, but a completely standalone uh, multiplayer mode. Um, So if you guys are, you know, into Ghost of Tsushima, you'll know that, like, Ghost of Tsushima didn't ship with a multiplayer mode. Um, and uh, then they went back, you know, and and, and really like polished a, a rather, you know, grandiose multiplayer mode. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's really, really nice. Um, it's solid. Right? It's good. Yeah. Like so much so that some people don't want to play the single player mode for, for, for whatever reason. But, you know, we won't, we won't say names, Shanae, because that's not, that's not how we do, right? right? That's, that's not really how we do, right? Oh, you were talking uh, about today. I was ratting myself out too. Well, I know. So I, I, I that's both of us. That's yeah, actually both you know, of us. And, and so, yeah. So, so, so the games. Uh, so, so it's going to cost nineteen dollars, okay? Um, and it's not available on PS4 and PS5. Um, and um, it's 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 actually kind of uh, it, it's it's kind of cool. So you know, players who decided they want more uh, in their lives will be able to. Uh, upgrade actually uh, from the multiplayer mode to the, the standalone version, uh, you know, if uh, if they want to. Personally, um, I got a lot more out of that Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer uh, mode than I thought because, uh, and, and a lot of it had to do with the narrator um, because, it, you know, when you're, when you're like playing through a game, for example, and you're listening to the audio um, and someone's narrating, but doing it accurately. Yeah. And it's not a 
it's not a Madden game or it's not an MLB game, right? Where, you know, like you, you expect it in sports games, right? Right. But when, but when you're in a multiplayer, uh, in a multiplayer environment, uh, in a game like this, and you hear someone who sounds an awful lot like Mako from Conan, right? Explaining to you what is going on in the game, you know, and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, this is a, you know, like the game sees me. Personally, I would have paid $20 for that, but it brings up some interesting questions. And before mm-hmm. I continue with those questions, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I'm happy to get any more Ghost of Tsushima. Like I know Travis was trying to trying to throw a barb at me, but he also hit my sister with that. Whole <laughs> yeah, thing. I was a bystander. Listen, I, I I am comfortable with the fact that I understand I am not going to finish the 60 hour game, right? But I've put a lot of hours into it. I really enjoy the gameplay of it, and I think, like you said, the the multiplayer mode as it exists, the Legends mode is brilliant. It's really smart. the The meta game is really fun. The it, it allows people with like lots of varying degrees of, of skills uh, skills to to get in there and have fun with other like with other people and just have a really good time and stuff like that too. So I I, I do still play that. Um, pretty frequently along with my sister and a few other friends. Travis, you should join us every once in a while, by the way, since you probably- I'm too good. Uh, whatever. <laughs> well, then come down to our level, yeah. like I said. Well, help us lots of people levels, levels. Yeah, help us good <laughs> You levels. can't play a nightmare. Just join us on Silver Tier, right? <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm excited about this. I mean, it's interesting too. Uh, twenty dollars, like you know, I know that I know when I first announced that people were just like, "What? You know, why are they doing this? And why are they releasing something so fat?" Listen. $20 is actually about $10 less than I thought it was going to cost <laughs> 10 to $20 less than I thought it was going to cost. Um, and I, I think it's really, I always find these kinds of things interesting because I see them as a bit of an experiment too, to see what the marketplace is willing to bear. Um, so, I mean, really this goes back to like one of our themes that we've said um, people vote with their wallets, right? Like those people were trying to see like the, the folks over at um, sucker punch and, 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 the, and, the, and, and the publishers it, is it published by Sony? It's published yes, by Sony. Yes, Sucker Punch is on second party, right? Um, yeah, so uh, Sony and Sucker Punch, they'll they'll see how this works out, right? And it's one of their premier titles too. So it's a, I think it's going to be an interesting test balloon. Yeah, so they're technically first party because they're first party. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but um, for me, this is this is interesting on a on on another level because we're we're always talking about how to market, you know, uh, games to people. And um, we sort of had this conversation before about like, and, and, and I think it was last week, right? Where we where usually like the typical sort of gamer uh, mentality was back in the day. Like if your title was sub 60, like what's wrong with it, right? And now it's interesting because we have all these different sort of pricing tiers uh, that, that people can, uh, you know, in, in enjoy product for. Now, the great thing for me is, is I think that if this catches on, uh, the, the the best thing about it would be like maybe I could actually buy a Call of Duty game and just buy a single player game instead because exactly. I'm not playing multiplayer yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. And that and yeah. when we start talking about that, that changes the way in which developers would build out their PLs, build out their development schedules, like how that what they would put out there in the marketplace. It gives. Um, players a lot more choice too. Now there might be um, the, who know, who knows what will happen with this. I'm really interested to see how this how this works out. And like you said, when we moved to this new console generation, the price finally went up for games. So we're now at 69.99 as the, the the MSRP for this this console generation, which is <laughs> from, as a producer, it's still 
doesn't make my P&Ls work, but the, the side, side comment on that, um, you know, $70 is a lot of money for, for a lot of people, right? Uh, and if people want to just be able to get online and play a cool game, they've heard great things about with their friends, if they can find a PS5, yeah. Um, then, uh, yeah, $20 is, is that, that gives them additional choices. Right. So like, I'm, I'm excited to see how this gets received and if it does really well, and if that causes some changes in how, and, and how other, um, big multiplayer games, uh, or games that have big multiplayers and also single player offerings, how they, um, how they respond as well. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess the final, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Shri. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to mention it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also interested to see, I also am a little like, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna be a little cynical here. <laughs> Only in in that, um, if it does affect, and I, I don't know if this is what you you all are talking about, but if it does affect like the, um, you know this trend here, um, and we start looking at like you know separating the multiplayer and single player experiences, which I think makes sense because there's some people who prefer the single player experience and some people who play, prefer the multiplayer experience. There's some there's overlap, right? There's some people who prefer both, but I guess I'm just thinking about like. Um, what gamers will <laughs> the backlash you're going to inevitably get from gamers because you get that so much backlash just for regular DLC. And now we're talking about like, oh, we're going to cut out the multiplayer experience and have it be its own separate skew. They're, like people are going to lose their minds. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm just saying people are going to lose their minds. That's all. <laughs> I don't think they're necessarily going to lose their mind because if you, if you, if you paid, if you paid for the, if you pay for the game itself, right? Then you pay for this multiplayer. You have it already, right? Just for people who maybe want to dip their toe in it, right? Yeah. And, and 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 I think that this, uh, this is a cool idea. And we always say this and we preach this gospel here on on, on our on our show, which is vote with your dollars, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so make no mistake, people, Sony, are, you know, they're watching, right? And if this goes over well, you're going to see more like this because why not, right? It's giving people what they want. Also, this is an instance where, or at least what, I, what I'm interpreting it as, is an instance where it's not like um, you're never going to be able to like, like they're, they're not suggesting taking the original game, the Ghost of Tsushima off the market or anything like that. If you want the single player and the multiplayer together, here it is, right here, seven dollars, go and buy it. But for folks who weren't really interested in that, or maybe just want to try it out for a little bit and try it with their friends and like sort of live in that moment of while the game is at at, at its at its peak engagement. Um, is twenty dollars is an entry point, which feels a lot less like a, a lot less of a of an investment for something that you're not sure about or not sure how much time you put into. Uh, if I had to to do it over again, I mean, I would probably still buy the seventy dollar version, but yeah. <laughs> but, but but honestly, like I said, you know, uh, it, it's not a bad option for a lot of folks. Um, the only thing I would think where it might potentially uh, get a little where people might get a little itchy on it is if they start taking games and breaking them into lots of different parts and saying, Hey, all these parts together, like, you know, you can buy the $70 version that has everything, but if you buy them separately, it actually costs like $79 or something. You know, the way that you yep. get a little bit of discount when you buy everything together, but if you piecemeal it, it costs you a little bit more. Uh, yeah, you I might wind up seeing that. I mean, that's like I said, that's that I think it, I don't, I'm not arguing against it. I think it's a fair thing to potentially drive people towards making yeah. that the decision that's right for them instead of just a, a one size fits all. Cause right now we basically have one size fits all. Yeah, that, that is true. That's true. So, okay. I'm going to ju uh, jump over here to the next story here, which I think is kind of interesting here. Let me, let me drop this link in the chat. So um, is anyone familiar with Exola? It's yes. a, uh, a payment gate gateway. Okay. Yes. 
Um, so for folks who don't know them, they're a payment gateway um, and they market almost exclusively to game companies. So they're used on like platforms like Valve, the Epic Game Store, Roblox uses them, um, Ubisoft, I think. And like, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's several several, several like, game companies that use them as a payment gateway. It's it's easier sometimes to go and contract with a separate company than to try and build out like a system that's going to have to accept payment information and have to be, you know, subject to actual financial uh, regulation there. So that's why a lot of game companies will do that or companies in general. So recently, Exola laid off 150 of their employees, which is roughly um, 10% of the company. And... Um, they, they did this because they said, they said they were basing it, their, their layoffs on quote unquote, big data analysis of their activities. So essentially on August 3rd, this email was leaked. Um, it was from the CEO and founder, uh, Alexander Agapitov. Um, he's as a CEO and founder of, of, uh, of Exola and it read in part, this was, I'm assuming it was in Russian because I know that the company was founded in, uh, in Russia. So this is a translated part. Of the, of the email. You received this email because my big data team analyzed your activities in Jira Confluence, Gmail chats, documents, dashboards, and tagged you as unengaged and unproductive employees. Um, my, many of you might be shocked, but I truly believe Exola is not for you. Once again, thank you for your contribution. If you want to stay in contact with me, please write me a long letter about your observations, injustice, and gratitude. That was just part of the letter. <laughs> <laughs> Update your Jira. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Obviously there was wow. some blowback. I'm just going to, obviously there was some blowback. And this gentleman, um, he held a press conference um, like on social media where he reportedly said that, you know, he, he based the, the reasoning for the layoffs on like slowing company growth. He said that, re- that necessitated them slashing the payroll by 10% and leadership decided to go with the lowest performance metrics. Right. But then later he put like a comment on Twitter that just basically translated to work hard or F you. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a little bit of mixed messaging here in terms of like, he's trying to like put this out here then back it up a little bit, but then just like, okay, here's my true feelings. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, Exola, they have offices in Ukraine. They have offices in Russia, South Korea. They're headquartered here in Los Angeles. Um, but they also mentioned, you know, the, uh, the, the CEO, he also mentioned that he got this idea from Silicon Valley. He said they've been talking about it for over a year. And um, the way he put it, uh, he said, uh, he, they, we looked at what Netflix, Harvey, excuse me, Har- uh, Harvard and the Navy SEALs have. They constantly remove the bottom 10%. And thus constantly improve the quality of human capital. That's how he framed mm. it. Um, and they said they plan to do this every six months. So I thought this was kind of interesting, right? Given that like we've been in the work from home world for the last 18 months, at least in this country, longer for some, some other places. And I think this was kind of like the, the a lot of people's fears was that, um, you know, if you go into a work from home kind of a uh, 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 model that you're going to have like kind of like, you know, for lack of a better way of saying, like basically kind of spying on employees to try and gauge the level of productivity based off of just metrics of your engagement on specific apps. So I thought this was, uh, you know, kind of interesting <laughs> to kind of hear about, Oh, here's a game, co- not a game company, but like, you know, a game adjacent company, which just explicitly said, yeah, we totally did that. That's exactly the reason we're doing it. And we plan to continue doing it. So what is folks thoughts on this? 
I have so many feelings about this. <laughs> I thought I you mean, might. I thought you might. Uh, I, I, I jotted down the world, the word, the, the term "human capital," and that just that. Uh, Remember when we were personnel, and then it became human resources, resources and now it's and human now we're just capital. Just capital. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I mean, I it, it, there's a, there's a part of me that appreciates that he was so forthright about about his um his thinking here because it, it allows me um as a person who lives pretty close to silicon valley and has uh, over 20 years of experience in, in this space um to make some really smart decisions about what companies i'm willing to work for what companies are not on my list yep. like when i when i've changed jobs in the past i'm i'm fortunate to to in this industry uh have enough experience have enough co- contacts have enough you know uh skill uh to be able to um prioritize uh some of the intangibles when i look for a new company when i look for a company i would like to work for uh when i and and one of those those really important things for me intangibly is the culture uh it is the leadership it is what they think of their employees and when you straight up tell me that you think of your employees mm-hmm. as human capital um, yeah. like essentially like your engineering team and your artists and your designers and your producers and all those folks are the equivalent of like a chair or a, um, a laptop, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that tells me things about what I would like to do, like whether or not that's a company for me. Um, just in general, uh, you know, this pandemic has been really, really hard on a whole lot of folks. Uh, and, you know, I think we've, we've talked a bit in the past and I, I know I've done talks on, on um, uh, managing work-life balance in this industry, especially in in games and in tech, uh, in general, <laughs> we're awful at it. Like I think they said something like, uh, like employees are working an average of thirty percent more while working from home. So, you know, there's this there's <sighs> this represents such a complete lack of trust of your employees. Yes, there will be some folks who are going to take advantage or bend the rules or whatever, right? In any system, whether you're working in an office or not. Uh, and and to, 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 to operate in this way, and just the wording of that message, it was- I, I know. You know, I there's just- so like, much, There's so many gems, so many there's pearls. So, there's so much about this that so I think- just layers. Feel, yeah, so many layers. You know, it's 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 so much about this that that uh, that, that just contributes to, to really toxic work environments and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and just things that are just not healthy for uh, for talented individuals or just for human beings to to exist within. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I can go on about this. I don't like it. Yeah, right, <laughs> I, right. I, I think that's a good. It. Travis, what do you think? What do you think? One, one, one last note. I thought it was really interesting that the, the three things he referenced were Harvard, the Netflix, and the Navy SEALs. Those are very different. No spectrums that he's going to yeah. <laughs> to try and legislate or, or justify this decision making process. Yeah, um, I see Travis is like, Travis. <laughs> Travis giving, giving me all that nonverbal communication there, man. Yeah, <laughs> Travis is like, to, okay, just as a general rule, I need to work on that because <laughs> apparently I say a lot more when I'm silent than I do when I'm talking. You have no poker face, Travis. <laughs> that's why. No that's why poker. when my friends said, "Hey, you want to join a poker game?" I said, "I most hey, certainly don't." Travis, I don't play poker with you. I don't even play poker, but I feel I like do. I would love to play poker with you. Yeah, because I have no interest in hiding my emotions. Absolutely none, uh, even ambivalence. Uh, so, so with that in mind, um, you know this. Uh, this is the first time I, I I heard about this, so this is this is my raw reaction. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm going to boil this down to uh, you know uh, games, uh, <laughs> actually. Um, 
good choice. <laughs> when I when when I started, uh, you know, just doing game design. Period. It started from my fundamental knowledge of D and D, right? And um, as I started to play more D and D, I realized that D and D was really centered around you actually taking your metal figures and moving them around on a board and beating things up, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, so I, I understood that, oh, okay, they're trying to sell miniatures, they're trying to sell dice, they're trying to sell all these other, all these different things, right? And so the rules influenced your gameplay, mm-hmm. right? Um, so um, when, when I started working at White Wolf, we said, well, we're trying to tell stories. And so our, our rules had less to do with like how much you moved during a turn. And it had to do more with uh, how you how you establish a mood. How how are you vibing with your your, your other players? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are are you telling a cool story? And so our so our rules influenced how the game was played. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know if you uh, you remember back in the day where uh, bugs were like a bounty at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the the more bugs you found, the higher you the higher you got paid until they established like this 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 sort of garage economy that was built on QA testers working in cahoots with their uh, programmers to they, they game the system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they game the system, right? That's what QA testers do, man. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So so you start to boil these things down to okay, these are the rules. Okay. And so um when you like like Shanae was saying, like she's 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 has she has enough experience. She's that damn good enough where she can actually interview the company that's interviewing her right it's important that's it that's that's important because you have to see whether or not you're going to vibe with this culture you're going to you're going to see whether or not so so in a sense when you're in that job interview one of the things you're saying is tell me your rules Mm -hmm. like tell me tell me how i'm being judged tell me how i'm being graded exala said these are the rules Mm -hmm. okay if you ever had that feeling that your work environment was Orwellian, okay, uh, and it, it, are, are they looking? Yeah. Well, congratulations, Xala, uh employees. Yes, you are. Yes. Right? And yeah. so now they're responsible for, for the economy or, or, or the, work, uh, the, the work that results from, the, from their rule setting. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, 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 and thank you. For letting you know your your entire workforce know how they're being graded, so now they get to see whether or not that actually works or not. Yeah, my okay. guess it is it does not. Yeah, or you know they're going to figure out a way once again to gain this system. Okay, so that so that they go. So this is what I'm being judged on, right? This stuff here. Okay, watch these next six months. It's going to be. <laughs> off the chain and they're not going to understand why. And it's going to be all the people who are smart enough to play by their rules in a way where it looks like they're superstars, but they're really not. Everyone's just, just going to be updating the Jira like crazy, but not actually <laughs> fixing anything. Right. Yep. No, right. totally. Totally. That, that is honestly what people are going to be doing to game the system. I remember back at EA, they used to try, they try to do a, a bounty where they're like, Hey, if anyone finds like, you know, this, a crash or something like that during beta, yeah. mm-hmm. then we'll give you like this, you know, this it was extra $50. So people started sandbagging their crashes mm-hmm. until we hit beta. And they're like, let me drop in all these crashes now. Now I can pay my rent. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and so what I'm, what I'm not doing 
is I'm not telling, uh, you know, I'm not telling companies how to actually do their heuristics as far as, you know, what yeah. makes an ideal employee. But what I am saying is it's great that you're transparent. Okay. It's now people who want to play that game, will play that game. Yeah. And the people who don't will leave. Yeah. And I, and what I can tell you though, is that formula is not it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is not it. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you what the perfect formula is, but that one, I guarantee you, it's not it. It's not even new. It's not even new. Like we've seen this sort of thing in the in the the workplace before we were all working remotely. Um, but the other thing that I think I think that's the other miscalculation that's being made here, and that a lot of companies are starting to really learn, is now that we're like in the tech industry, mo uh, most of the tech industry is largely working remotely. This is something we swore we'd not be able to do like a year and a half ago, right? We can't make games remotely. It's 300, 400 person teams. We can't do it. And we were forced to do it. And yeah. now we've been doing it and we've been doing it relatively successfully. Like, don't get me wrong. Lots of bumps and bruises, but relatively successfully compared uh, 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 in the long run um, for the last year and a half. And so that means that we can work remotely. And a lot of people have been started changing their lives around remote work because we don't know when this thing is going to end there's delta variant there's a delta plus variant there's a lambda variant get your vaccine folks okay just please i would like to go into an office one day again um but uh what i think is going to happen we're already starting to see it happen too because a lot of companies are a lot of tech companies are pushing to get people back in the office as soon as possible and they're going to get really shocked that when they they mandate people come back in the office, suddenly it's like, whoa, what, what, what is my inbox filled with all these resignation, 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 resignation? Like, what, what, why would you not want to come back into the office? Oh, because you've modified your entire work-life balance around the, the flexibility of working from home. You can have dinner with your family. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. choose to yep. like go to the gym or do whatever. You, I don't know, whatever people do in the middle of the day. You know, you can choose to like manage your work life around your life life and going back into an office doesn't really mm -hmm. meld with that anymore. So I think that we're seeing like a shift. And I think that a lot of companies that are, that are, I'm going to uh, adhere to these sort of old ways of doing things, even when it's like looking over people's shoulders. Uh, we can't look over people's shoulders uh, literally in the office anymore. So we're going to use weird, um, you know, weird uh, uh, metrics tracking to sort of digitally look over your shoulder. I think that's, I mean, like I said, like Travis said, you can absolutely do that. Yeah. But um, employees, especially skilled employees have way more choice than they've ever had. They, and, don't, and they don't even have to move anymore. Yeah. You just change your login. <laughs> and it really, it, you know, it, it just like the thing that drives me crazy is how even we've, we've, I know we've been pushed into this work from home model, right. Um, you know, as a necessity because of the, the virus, but we keep constantly, at least over here in the States, trying to figure out a way to get back somehow to that old way of doing things. Right. So like, we're like, well, we don't, you know, people are working from home. So instead of trusting them, and making sure that we're getting, you know, specific work done. And I'm, and I, I'm, I'm very big proponent of trust, but verify, right. We kind of move to the, we like, we ignore the trust part and we just focus just on verify, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And for some reason we think, well, we'll, we should be able to just tell if somebody's doing their work by just like, you know, looking at all these specific, like, you know, data points, which actually this company even acknowledged that there were a couple of um, different systems that they didn't use, um, that they didn't pull in there in terms of like the data points they wanted to look at. Um, and I, you know, it, it just, 
like, I just feel like you can't automate every single piece of work. Right. Like I threw a question here in the chat where I just said, cause I saw somebody, I think some uh, put a comment on one of these articles when I was, you know, looking at some of the stuff about Exola and someone said like, who's the better employee, the employee who takes two hours, gets their work done and then goofs off for six or the employee who takes eight hours to do the same amount of work. Like yeah. by, by the way, Exola is looking at it. They would fire the person who worked for two hours. And as that doesn't really necessarily mean that that's, you know, the worst employee. <laughs> so we just need to like, you know, we need to figure out a better way of being able to, to, you know, I'm not saying don't monitor employees work or something like that. Right. But we need to figure out a better, uh, you know, intelligent way of doing it. That isn't like, let's just see what the algorithm says. Cause clearly that's not, you know, that's not way. And one last thing here, sure. because you made a, you made a great point here, Sheree, which is, which is to say, look, as a manager, I've always, you know, judged people who work under me by what they got done, not really how they got it done, right? Because people have different processes and, and, and effectiveness, really. Um, but if you have an understanding between, you know, the, the, the supervisor and the employee about what is expected, right? Um, you're all adults. Um, if, if, if they can do it within the, the, within the time that you have boxed them in, uh, to do it, would you just leave them alone? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? No, because like you're getting what you asked for. You're getting what you asked that for. Micromanagement life, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, how much time am I spending actually looking over your shoulder? Right? Yeah. Like, I got better things to do. If I don't have to look over your shoulder, and you told me three o'clock is when I'm gonna have it, and I get it at three o'clock, then what's the beef? Like, <laughs> go sit down and relax. Go somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, seriously. Chill. 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 It, it does make me wonder, uh, you know, like, I know EA was notorious. I don't know if they still do it, but when, when I was there for 10 years, we were notorious for having layoffs every single year. And sometimes we would have layoffs twice a year. Riff? Do you think, do you think yeah. it is because, because some of our practices from an industrialized sort of workforce uh, just still haven't really worked ourselves out of our collective sort of consciousness because what we're looking for now is intellect giants, right? Because we are doing less manual labor. We're doing, uh, you know, things that require like creative thinking uh, and out of the box thinking uh, at a higher level, rather than whether or not you flip the burgers, because yeah, I can agree. Like if you're flipping burgers or something like that, maybe you do need that moment to moment, uh, uh, you know, sort of supervision or, or, yeah. or whatever, but, you know, in, in, in fields where it's more creative or uh, you know, things are just not done the same, just, just relax yeah. and, and, and judge people on whether or not they're effective. Or not. I don't know. Flipping burgers totally is, uh, is pretty, not. <laughs> it doesn't require a whole lot of, a whole lot of uh, oversight either, but no, I, I think this is a really interesting topic. And I think it also goes to, you know, what, what came to mind for me is someone who's, who's managed cross-functional teams is, you know, I've got a background in engineering and art and design uh, I do production as my, my major discipline. Um, but, you know, there's a difference in, you know, in measuring, in, in understanding like an individual discipline well enough to be able to measure someone's expertise and how well they're like where they are in their career. Cause you know, a junior programmer and a senior programmer, like folks who've been doing it for like, like two years versus like 15 years. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Are, they, are they fitting all these different 
uh, these different like variables into how they're measuring someone's success because you know that takes eight hours to do something you know like it might take them eight hours to do something but are they going to show up better than the senior programmer that took two hours to do the thing right like i just i'm you know, I, I just wonder, uh, even as someone who's been in, like been down and close, and I hate to use the term into the trenches because I hate using military terminology for making video games, but mm-hmm. someone who's been in the trenches with a team uh, and, and saying like, hey, like, I, I, I'm working with folks every day and I might not always be the best person to judge someone's expertise within their discipline. They might, I might need someone in that management chain to judge their expertise within the discipline. And you're saying the CEO is doing it? Um, yeah. No, it just feels like it's max of just um, uh, a bad decision and poor execution. So. Yeah, no, totally. But, but I mean, you know, Excel, is, you do you. <laughs> I, I think that this is, it's, it's, you know, I think we expected to probably see a lot more of this or at least um, to hear a lot more about this because it doesn't mean it's not happening because we haven't heard about it. Oh, um, so we'll see as we, as we kind of keep, you know, we're still in this kind of work from home slash, you know, at least mod, hybrid model. So we'll see, uh, you know, where we can continue to go with this. Um, all right. We got one last story for folks. Shanae, can you give us a, your story here? Oh, yes. OK, so uh, I think folks probably heard about this. I think it actually broke like last week or so, something like that. But it's it's been continuing in the in the uh, in the, the entertainment of sphere or whatever in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so Scarlett Johansson, um, uh, who's a star of Black Widow, her movie just came out what uh, early July. Uh she just filed a lawsuit against um, Disney uh, uh, saying that uh, she's not being properly compensated because Disney chose to release Black Widow, not in theaters, but uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, and that was a decision that, sh- that she didn't agree to. So um, there's a whole lot of discussions going on around this. Um, I-, I think in the uh, it, it presumably in the movie and, and television industry, but but also in the peripheral industries like like us over here. Um, because her argument was, and if you guys if you guys follow the Disney, the Marvel movies like like my sister and I do, this movie was originally supposed to come out last year sometime, and then the pandemic happened, and it got pushed, and it got pushed again, and then it got pushed again, and I think again, and finally Disney said, okay, folks ain't coming back to the theaters the way we want them to. We're just gonna put it on Disney Plus Premium thirty thirty dollars, whatever. I paid that thirty dollars. I watched Black Widow. It was fine. I enjoyed it, um, but. Uh, where Johansson is, is her argument against this is that she didn't have a deal with Disney about this being released in uh, uh, on streaming, uh, and she expected it to be released in theaters. And in fact, um, uh, presumably, uh, the her major argument here, with uh, is going according to the the actual complaint, it said that her terms, which were originally finalized in 2017 before Disney Plus was a thing, mm. uh, uh, she didn't negotiate terms around streaming. And her contract indicated that they would debut with a wide theatrical release, but it didn't specifically say exclusive theatrical release, just said wide theatrical release. And people just sort of assumed, oh yeah, just it's just going to be exclusive in, in, in mm. theaters. So uh, there's been at least one other lawsuit. I don't remember if it's been filed or at least been pondered, I think, by... Um, being pondered uh, now. Stone, for, for Cruella uh, as yeah. well. And I think that I think this is, uh, it's going to come to a head a bit. Um, but the, where this is opening up conversation is in thinking about what, dis- like, because the, the, her, her argument here is, hey, uh, you know, a lot of movie, a lot of, uh, a lot of movie stars and actors, and uh, uh, when they negotiate their contracts, they negotiate it such that if they have a certain, like, if the box office release is huge, does really well, they get additional money. Um, but when your movie doesn't get released to box office, because I don't know, there's a global pandemic that's, you know, ravaging the planet. Um, 
uh, and it just gets released to streaming, like how does how what what does good look like at that point? Mm-hmm. And it feels like right now there's no shared understanding across multiple streaming platforms as to what good looks like, if for nothing more than a lot of these streaming um, platforms aren't particularly forthright with information about how they like what their subscriber numbers look like and how they manage that and everything. So yeah, I think we're starting to see the the opening up uh, and shift of a new business model within um, within this space. And I want to know what you guys think about that. <laughs> well, you know, look, I spent enough of my time in in Hollywood. Uh, you know, grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing they'll tell you every time is it's not show friends, it's show business. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not show um, friends, show business. That's and with, with, with that, with that in mind, uh, the, the, you know, there, there are a few things that make this sort of uh, unique, but then again, not right. Like the coronavirus situation um, firmly, can be called an act of God to some degree, right? It's a global pandemic. Um, but, but, but at the same time, um, I don't think that's really what this was about. Uh, because from my understanding of the story, her people were trying to talk to Disney and Disney wasn't having it. Yep. Okay. Um, and then what happened was, is that when, because in Hollywood, it is, it is, it, it's you, when you're the talent, they make it very hard for you to like do business. And what I mean by that is like, you're usually not the person doing business. Your, your manager is, or your agent is mm-hmm. right. And that's, and, and that's so that they could be the jerk and you could be the nice person. Mm-hmm. Right. So please believe that if Scarlett Johansson actually brought a suit, it is because they have tried to deal yeah. with this other ways. Yeah. yeah. Right. No doubt. Uh, and, and as a fact that, 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 that has actually been the case. Um, and I don't think anyone who is halfway observant. Okay. Uh, can, can actually mount a, a defense as to why Scarlett doesn't deserve her money. Right. She has been down for Marvel in practically every movie. I mean, I think she's probably in more movies than Iron Man. I can't be sure. But, you know, but she's she's earned this bag of loot. Yeah. And if you are going to adjust the rules, you can't be like one of your characters, Darth Vader, and say, I'm altering the deal <laughs> and pray I don't alter it any further. You know, that's not how this it works. Go into what you said, show friends, not show business. Like, yeah, exactly. If con- no, no, if the contract doesn't say streaming, then we can't be like, oh, well, we knew streaming was that we're, we're good with streaming, right? Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. It's, like, so, it's, it's, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I picked this story because I thought it was interesting, not because I care about rich people and like to try and determine if rich people can get more money, but because I think it's interesting to see how it, it reveals an like a like in uh, what is the word like incongruities uh, around how success is measured uh, when we chat, when we tackle streaming. And it also sort of like, it also uh, feels a little bit reminiscent of, of some of the sort of pushback around like, what was this like the late nineties or something like that? When like new technology started to really take, um, 
take hold on music streaming and you saw instead of like embracing that the RIA was like let me sue everybody about this yeah. I don't want this new I don't want this new model to let come me in sue here. my like, customers yeah like, yeah like no no we're not gonna we're not gonna embrace this we're not gonna try and figure out ways around this we're just gonna we're gonna try and exist in the business model that we exist in right now because everything else is risky and scary yeah you know like moving into that space like yeah I guess I, I guess what with anyone but it feels like we're back to like a little bit of what like where are we going next and how do we respond to everyone has a everyone has a netflix password if if you don't have yours you stole one but what i'm what what i'm saying is what i'm saying is is that netflix doesn't have more money than 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 most countries Okay, because there's not gold in there here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's not gold to be found. And so, and, and and Disney Plus has been growing like at a crazy rate, right? So you can't tell me Disney doesn't have money, right? Oh, yeah. So this, this was definitely them giving her the two-finger salute, right? And saying, <laughs> what are you, what are you going to do about it? And the problem with that is, is that, you don't do that in this day and age to number one, one of your top, like top talent. You don't do that to your top talent and you damn sure don't do it when it's your top woman talent now, because that's, that's doubly how you get in trouble nowadays. Right. And so all I'm saying is, is that y'all should have handled this better, right? (laughs) You know, because it is, it is only going to get worse. The thing I'll say about this, and we, I know we got to move on to our long topic is that like I, the only, the only frustration I have with it is that I, I see us once again, trying to kind of move back to the way things were, you know, it's like, we have this chance. We are actually trying to like change this model. I, I thought it, I actually commended Warner brothers for saying, you know what? we are not even going to like play this game of trying to like force people back into the theaters and make them make a choice, you know, based on like their safety, we're going to do a, you know, this hybrid model. And I, I just, I just wish that in general, we would try to kind of like, you know, move with the times, find a way. Like, I agree with you. Like um, for our Warner brothers, they went back and, and negotiated, renegotiated everyone's contracts. Disney decided to play hardball because Disney's like, Nope, it doesn't say it. So we're, you know, we're not going to do it. And Disney's going to get dragged <laughs> and it's going to cost them probably more money than it would have if they had just renegotiated it. But I'd, I'd be, I'd be remiss in my, in my industry knowledge though, not to point out the fact that Warner brothers did that without even talking to their talent. Oh, no, yeah. did it all right. no, I agree. Warner brothers did not do the whole thing. All the right so they, yeah. So, I, so, so they're going to be writing some checks period. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. They chose they to beg forgiveness like instead of asking permission. Cause yes. let's be honest, they asked permission. A lot of folks were like, no, I want to go to theaters. Yeah. And they said, no, no, no. We're just going to send it to theaters and then we're going to cut you guys some checks out. Okay. All right. Let's jump onto our long topic. I know we were running late. So let's jump jump onto our long topic. We actually wanted to do like a little bit of a reprise of our conversation that we had last week, because y'all don't know this, but after our conversation last week, we probably talked about mobile for another 30 minutes, uh, just like off, (laughs) just off stage. (laughs) And we were like, you know, we should really just reprise this conversation. We obviously have a lot more to say about it. So if you didn't get a chance to see last week's discussion, I'm just going to mention, we talked about a couple things about like, you know, what defines what a gamer is, what, you know, what is the, how do people misunderstand like the mobile industry? And, you know, there's always that eternal conflict that we see between like mobile, um, 
and uh, uh, not just mobile, I'll say, but like mobile largely is kind of like fit into that whole concept of casual gaming. Um, and like that versus what seemed to be like what usually is called described as like hardcore gamers and stuff like that, which is usually thought to be like more like PC and console gaming. So we kind of talked about that in depth. If you didn't get a chance to see it, please go back and take a look. You know, you can look on, on, on you know, take a look at our, our discussion last week and get caught up. But we wanted just to, last week. Yeah, it's just last week, you know. <laughs> um, but we wanted to continue that conversation and we wanted to talk today a little more about um, actually designing for mobile and how it's different when you design for mobile versus like console or PC. And then also the piece about like, you know, why the mobile industry is kind of misunderstood and kind of ignored often by game journalists. Um, so I'm, we're call, as I mentioned before, we are calling this conversation whales, space whales, and minnows. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. I'm sorry. You know, I made a part of it anyways. Um, but why don't we start by talking a little, a little bit about the difference in design? Like, you know, the, what, what we kind of describe as like the compulsion loop versus the gameplay loop. Um, who wants to kick us off on this topic? I'll, I'll try. Sure. Um, Listen, um, you have a very vicarious relationship with your phone. Uh, you, you, you just do, right? I mean, you generally want to you generally want to pick your 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 mobile device. I'll, I'll I'll say mobile because we'll include you know iPads and and, and other things that are tablets and, and and so on and so forth. That's not include really- Android though. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Android Green texters, but you know you 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 have a different, you have a different relationship with it. Right. And what I mean by that is generally you pick it up and you want your gaming experience to be shorter. Um, and because you want your gaming experience to be shorter, you have to plan or you have to design for it. Quick in quick out. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't spend hours playing your, your, your mobile product. Um, it, it just means that those in and out points need to be at, but a good five minute increments, sometimes even less than that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'd be dishonest if we didn't think that that doesn't influence how you actually design a product. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you don't do that in your, your sort of your PC and your console. And, and so your, your, your console gaming, you can well, generally have the consoles take five minutes to boot up. To load. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if, if, if yeah, I mean, is, let me reboot real quick. Now I'm rebooting again. Now I'm updating your controllers. Oh, you play a game. I mean, I'm if, sorry. If, yeah, because if you if you if you really think about like what is the big innovation in this uh, in, in this next uh, you know phase of of consoles, it's not waiting. For no elevators. <laughs> no elevators. That would be nice. Yes. On the gaming side, gamers were like, "What?" But like right. as a developer, I was like, "Oh." Right. So, so if you just boil it down to, if you just boil it down to that, mm-hmm. right. The thing that I care most about when I'm developing a, uh, a mobile product is whether or not you can get in and out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. And what can I do to entice you to continue to do that? Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's why when people when people talk uh, a lot of times in traditional sort of PC console uh, terms, they say, here's a here's a gameplay loop. Right. Um, and when you talk mobile, it's more compulsion oriented because compulsions are like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Right. So 
when people start to get all up in arms about like how you know uh, <laughs> how they feel almost compulse uh, you know uh, this compulsion to 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 play a mobile game mm. right i think that they're missing the point which is that's exactly the that's exactly what we were trying to do is we're yeah. trying to get you to keep pressing that button right like and a slot machine yeah yeah and if you and, and if you are fantastic because if you aren't then you're using your phone to like buy movie tickets or something like that and that's a loss no you're absolutely right like the and and this this is a comparing it to a slot machine is a great uh, analogy compared to everything within vegas right because not only do those compulsion loops uh not only are we shooting for compulsion but it's also those loops are really tight you yeah. know, we have to like we have to get you in there, get you to have some fun or something that approximates fun and then give you that reward so that you immediately understand what that's going to mean the next time you go in. And the next yeah. time you go in, if you if the reward loop was the same as console, which can be like, hey, I started this quest and it's going to take me two real world days to complete. <laughs> that just doesn't work on the mobile side. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Travis, you said something that was really interesting, too, I think, when we're comparing um or it was either Sheree, or either you, Travis, or Sheree, with the. Oh, you don't even know if I said something interesting. I, I okay, you said something interesting, I mean, and Sheree also said something interesting with the setup for the story. Why do I have to share it though? Can I? Just Lord have my Travis, own okay. you've got you've got that Mortal Kombat. I have a real world Mortal Kombat thing right here. All right, this one came from Midway. You just got a fake thing back there. <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> so, so I so. did Midway work back in the day. By the way. <laughs> I actually I actually have a question for y'all though. By the way, I actually have a question for y'all. So, you know, I, as I mentioned, we, we named this, this whale, space whales and minnows. Can, can you tell, can you describe, I know you were going to, you're going to follow up on what Travis or I said, one of us, <laughs> but can you also tell us like, what are whales, what sure. are minnows, sure. and then what the fake space? You want to take this, Shanae? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit through it. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about what space Since whales Since your sister are. came up with space whales, <laughs> I think it came up in our conversation last week and I was like, that's great. I'm using that for sure. This is in relation to the, the concept of IAP, like in-app purchases and stuff, which, you know, drives a lot of the, a lot of the free to play offerings that are out there. So the concept is really ways of, of putting consumers within buckets, right? Like understanding who, who is in our audience and what their spending habits are. Uh, so the concept of minnows are, minnow, there's lots of them in the ocean and you're in the ocean of your game. Um, yeah. Uh, ecosystem. There's lots of minnows and they're probably not really feeding. They're probably not really contributing in significant ways to the, the, the economy of your game. They're not, they might be playing your game, but they are not monetizing. Uh, you know, we call these games free to play. They are free to play asterisk, 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 because games do still cost money to make. Uh, so ultimately when you say something's free to play, it doesn't mean that we're not, that we're not trying to encourage people to, to actually spend money in it. You're just trying to find different ways to encourage people. This goes into the whole concept of how we design games for mobile versus how a game is designed for console that already probably had a $70 investment right up front. Now, minnows aren't spending as much money or probably aren't spending any money. And then you've got, I, I just learned the term dolphins. I didn't even know dolphins was part of that. Dolphins are spending a little bit more money. And then you've got whales. Your whales are the people who are spending the most money in your game. Likewise, you probably have money? a lot. How much money when we're talking about whales? You know, it, 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 varies. I was, uh, it, it varies. Like I was, I was in, you know, I was doing mobile. It's been 10 years since I did mobile. Uh, and I was at a very small company that was like, like 50 people or something like that. And, and for some of our games, our whales were like $30,000 a month. 
which was great for our 50 person company. And we had like five or six whales for each of our games. And that was great for us. Now we're talking about like, this is 10 years, uh, the, the, the market's 10 years more mature. Uh, and this, and now you've got different ways of, we, of, of different business models, different ways of approaching the way in which we, we court consumers. Uh, and that's where I think the, the term space whales came up in our, our conversation last week because there's something that's even bigger than whales. That didn't exist when I was doing this stuff. But this is where, like, this, that's what we talk about when we talk about minnows, dolphins, and whales and space whales. We're totally, we're coining that. We're going to make that yeah, it's It's talking about different spending habits and the opportunity that exists in order to get people in spending in your free-to-play game so that you can, you know, pay your your uh, your, 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 uh, payroll, <laughs> make payroll for your employees the next month. Yeah. Um, but so that's, that's the explanation behind it. Uh, just the, uh, Travis, do you have a comment on that? No, I, I, I really want to fill um, in the, the gaps on any of that I said. Well, no, I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's correct. I, a lot of people object to, to those classifications. Yeah. Um, for for obvious reasons, I don't see any. I I don't see anything bad about them, and, and it, not only that, I don't see anything wrong with like catering to them. Um, yeah. And 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 the reason is is because every industry has them. Like Nike, damn sure has space whales. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yes. they buy up every oh, new George oh, that you get for a, a crazy prices, right? So it, it it happens, and and look. To, to the degree to which you buy into this really depends on how, how important, uh, you know, these, these items are to you, right? Like some people don't care about Jordans. I don't know why, but you know, they, they do. Right. And, and I didn't care about, uh, you know, having, having options available, uh, to, to dress my, to dress my in game or, you know, in, uh, my, my avatars until I was afforded the opportunity to get a lightsaber. And then I didn't care how much it cost. Right. <laughs> so I could have been a space whale if, if, if it costs a whole lot of money to get a lightsaber. So I think that when people, you know, look at these, uh, you know, sort of established sort of uh, ways to make money in, in, in mobile gaming or in PC gaming or in, in yeah. console gaming, just examine the fact that, you know what, Maybe that isn't your value or, 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 or you know, you don't place a, a high level of importance in those things, but other people do. And if they do and people are making money and ain't nobody dying, <laughs> then let companies be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we have a question actually in the chat that was asking about, like, you know, why rely on certain psychological tactics like that, as opposed to like really creating games that have genuinely good narrative and are genuinely fun and innovative okay so i'll counter to that what's the narrative in pac-man oh, Pac <laughs> Pac i mean clearly um, no i'm serious uh, no i'm serious because back in the day pac-man cost 60 bucks right so where's right. the narrative there right? right where's the where's the you know so I, I think that i think i don't think it's necessarily saying like hey you can't have a game that has no narrative it's just saying why focus specifically on the compulsion loop piece of it as opposed to trying to actually build out and make like um you know make like uh uh, uh narratively yeah, yeah. because that's because that's not the that's not the party that some people want right that's a that's that's the that's the that's the simulation that that person wants okay and you can find that in this industry 
right? But if your compulsion, like I said, is is building things, right? Then play Animal Crossing and go build your island, right? Some people could care less about your island, right? But enough people do, right? And 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 that's really my point is there are certain products to certain games that I could care less if that city just goes up in flames, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the game, yeah. right? Certain people do and are willing to pay for that. And why not? If that's what you care about. If I can also add, um, you know, having a fun, like fun narrative, genuinely fun game, uh, gameplay and compulsion loops, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. That's right. Often are within the industry of mobile. It feels like they are because there's a whole lot of mobile companies that are jumping into a space where they see an opportunity for money. And yeah, it's easier to to understand, to, to, to do a compulsion loop than it is to find genuinely fun gameplay within a narrative space. And we're talking about narrative once again, when we start talking about things that go beyond a five minute assumed gameplay session, maybe a mobile platform is not the best platform for that. That's why you see people putting stuff on on console and Steam and all kinds of other things as well. And, and, to, respond, and, and, and to respond directly to that even more, I have a favorite mobile game that's match three. It's like Homescapes, right? Okay, now it's a match three game. Right. And so really all you're doing is going from level to level to level. It's like Sudoku at a, you know, at a high level. Right. Now, I probably would have stopped playing had it not been for the narrative that was attached to it, where I get to build, you know, into my dollhouse. I get to get pets and I get to do all these different things. Right. But, you know, I didn't need it, but it's nice that it's there. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's 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 fair. Yeah. Um, one one quick note because uh, I I think we can also continue. I think it's a great question, by the way. I do I really do appreciate it. It is yeah. Yeah. question because it is sort of the eternal um, argument against uh, against where the mobile gaming industry is going and stuff, or where the mobile gaming industry is. And it's probably if Leon were here, he would probably be absolutely <laughs> in the argument that these things are mutually exclusive just by <laughs> nature of the fact that like the majority of games out there imply like pick one or the other. Um, the one, the one point I did want to make uh, earlier before we start arguing about Mortal Kombat for a second was just, uh, just, just in the realm of, 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 of how uh, mobile games and and console games are are, are often seen as, uh, as almost not existing in the same industry. And we see that like there was a there was an article that came out on Kotaku just a, a couple of weeks ago that got the that you know uh, earned the ire of a lot of folks who were actively in the game industry because it, it titled it was titled <laughs> the original title was something like uh new XCOM game or uh 2k releases a new XCOM game that looks like shit uh was the original title it got updated to two 2k launches an XCOM game that looks nothing like XCOM <laughs> and I I, I thought the entire premise of the of the article was really interesting because like comparing a mobile XCOM game and a console XCOM game, well, ex well it's a great it's a great study to see like what different choices they made based on the platform that they're on. Like, yes, they're pulling from a lot of the same like lore and a lot of the same IP branding and stuff like that, but they had to make very different decisions because what like uh, uh, a typical XCOM game might not be the but Morble is probably not the right fit for like that kind of heavy strategy game engagement and gameplay. So anyhow, um, take a look at that article. <laughs> there was lots of really good um, conversations that were going on, um, especially like breaking it down. as like how people design for mobile and how people design for, for, um, uh, for the console space. And also a, a it's a great indication about how a, a lot of our, 
um, mainstream gaming press uh, is not giving us or not doesn't have yeah. that level of insight on stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to shed some. Short, well, my short answer for why, um, you know, why if if you had to pick one or the other as to why they may focus on the compulsion loop piece as opposed to the actual like narrative and building out like uh, you know good gameplay and everything like that is capitalism. That's that's, <laughs> that's my that's my one short. Short answer for I know we, <laughs> I know we're out of time. I, I just I, I just want to I just want to make a, a a point here, and I think it's a, I think it's important. Uh, you have one minute to make your point. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Mobile mobile games. You're always connected, right? You're attached to a phone that's always connected to a network. Okay, and because you're always attached to to a network, people who make mobile games are constantly looking at where you're playing, how you're playing, who you're playing with, um, and, and whatnot on a constant basis. It never stops. And so that's why they're able to actually dial in a compulsion because they know exactly what you're actually playing the game to do. Okay. Now it, it, it hasn't been, it, it hasn't been, uh, maybe a good five or six years since we can, since we can assume that the majority of the games that you're playing on PC and, and, and console are also similarly always attached to, um, to, to the network where people can collect the same amount of info, right? So the, 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 the gameplay or the things that people are, 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 are wishing mobile games have, okay? Um, they're gonna, mobile games are gonna start looking a lot more like your, your awesome console games yep. now. And your console games are gonna start looking a lot like your mobile games now because now we have <laughs> an equal playing getting field. in the peanut butter yes oh you got a Reese's cup right in the middle so 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 to answer your question uh user <laughs> give it about two years and you'll you'll you'll, you'll start to see that blending of, 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 of both of those things where your console pc games will be a lot more compulsion based the great convergence um, yes. we're all going to wind up on asgard just like in thor 2 yep I don't know where the Thor 2 references, but <laughs> I watched it last week. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was not great. All right. Well, I'm going to close up our show. Thank you, everybody, for the great conversation. Thank you for the questions. Please keep them coming. We love to hear questions so we can um, make sure we, we're answering um, what, what you folks want to hear. I want to give a shout out to Digital Click for all the creative they provide for each and every one of our shows. And if you want to learn more about Tech Nubians, hit up our website. That's technubians.com, T-E-C-H-N-0-0-B-I-A-N-S.com. Please follow us here on Twitch. And if you like our vibe, and we know you do, then and you want to learn more about game development and everything geek, please consider subscribing to the channel. Um, also, please follow uh, the Geekish Network on all major platforms. Um, you know, you can, uh, so we're on all major platforms. So please t uh, just search for the Geekish Network. Um, tonight on the Geekish Network, we have Pod Squadron. That we'll be talking everything Star Wars. Tomorrow is Nerdtastic. And if you ever wonder what else geek we're talking about, you can check out the schedule of shows on, uh, on TGN here on our Twitch page. That's it. So everyone, thank you so much. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Take care. <laughs>